0: I had a mass exodus. (laughs) How's everyone coping with the uh, desire discussion so far? Good? Yep, good. The next thing I'd like to talk about with you is this principle uh, that's a part of the law of desire, and that is what I desire... I personally create. Now, of course, this applies just as much to your desires that are disharmonious with love as it does to the desires that are harmonious with love. Does that make sense? Because what you desire that's disharmonious with love, you will also create. So, for example, if I desire to control and manipulate you, and that's a real desire within me, then I will finish up creating that. In other words, what will happen is the people who will be attracted to me are people who who desire to be controlled and manipulated. And I'll be perfectly happy with the situation and so will they, in many cases. If I desire in a pure manner, in a loving manner and based on truth, then whatever that desire is will be created. And then people say, well, you know, I desire lots of money. How come I haven't got that? (laughs) Because what I desire, I create. Can you see? It's like a feedback system for you as well. You say you want plenty of money, but what you desire, you create. So, So if you really did desire plenty of money, then you would have already created it. Can you see that? Yes. Let's, let's look at that issue, like, which is part of the law of abundance, which is a different law, but let's look at uh, how it works. If I, if I make the statement, what I desire, I create, and let's just put in a what I truly desire. Is that the right way of spelling it? Yes. Yep, relief. What I truly desire, I create. So remember that desire is not something that you can manufacture in your mind. Desire has to be a pure thing coming from your soul. And when I say a pure thing, it doesn't have to be based on harmony with truth or disharmony. It can be either. It can be harmony with truth, disharmony with truth, harmony with love, disharmony with love. It doesn't matter whether it's harmonious with love or truth. What matters is, is is it a real feeling you have? Is it a real desire that you have? And if it's a real desire, what you truly desire at the soul level, so let's put that in the brackets, is what you create. So if right now I am not creating enough money for me to live on, but I'm doing what I feel is everything harmonious with love and truth, then I mustn't really desire money. What might be some of the reasons why I might not desire it? Well, I might have a belief that money is control, and I don't want to control people. Can you see that belief will be actually affecting my desire? Can you see that? I might have a thing of money is power, and I don't want to be have power, and so therefore I won't. I will reject money. I might have a belief that money is evil. This is a very big Christian belief, right? Uh, Money is evil. Do you know the Bible actually says the love of money is the source of all evil? It doesn't actually say that money is evil. But anyway, most people miss out the love bit and turn it into just the money being evil, of course. Now, can you see that if I have those belief systems that are a part of my soul, so they are what's truly in my soul, what am I going to create? I'm going to create a lot of lack of money in my life. Can you see that? So you can actually find out through this law of desire what your true desires actually are by seeing the results of them in your life. So if we say, then... This is where there's another law called the law of cause and effect that I haven't talked about much with you. But let's say here is the general principle. What I desire, I create. So you could say then the creation is the effect of my desire. Couldn't you? Mm -hmm. So if what I desire I create, then if I look at my creations and I'm unhappy with them, I need to have a look at how my desires are affecting these creations, my real desires. Does that make sense? So we can use examples in a lot of areas of life with this with regard to our desires and passions. You see a lot of times we say we have a pure desire for something but our desire is actually very very different to what we believe it to be. For example, Many people enter a relationship in order to be loved. And what they do is they find a person who is willing to love them and then they shower them with all of their love. Does that make sense? Now obviously this relationship may or may not be a soulmate relationship but most people think it is one. <laughs> all right. But the truth is, what's creating it is this desire to be loved and that's going to create a situation where I'm loved in the manner in which I want to be loved, which is not actually, in most cases, real love anyway. So that's, that's going to be my creation. I'm going to feel quite happy about it until the guy goes off and cheats on me. And then I'll realise that I wasn't as loved as I thought I should be and then I go and get rid of him and find another guy who will give me the love that I want. Or another girl, just replace the gender. Now, in each case, what I'm not understanding is what I truly desired I created. Firstly, I created a relationship which was all about me being loved. I also created his own, his infidelity through my actions. And when I say created, obviously he had a part of that, but I created the attraction of a person who was going to be unfaithful to me. Does that make sense? In most cases, this is what's going on. And then on top of that, I then had another creation, which was to expel him out of my life and go and get another guy who would love me the way I wanted. And in all of those things, I am still creating, I'm creating what I truly desired. So if I change my desire... I will change my creations. You see, most of us don't want to do that because most of us have a feeling that we don't want to bring our desires into harmony with divine love or into harmony with truth. And so what we want to do is hold on to our distorted desire because we want to feel that that's the real thing we want and we don't want to change those distorted desires to suit what God designed us to have and so what we finish up then doing is creating a whole heap of things which, as per our previous occasion, uh, equation, caused us pain. And if I'm honest with myself and say to myself, all right, what I desire I create, then obviously if I'm creating things that cause me pain or cause other people pain, my desires are out of harmony with love and truth. And it's quite simple, I can feel that. The opposite also is the truth, and that is if I have a desire that's harmonious with love and truth, I am always going to create things that are going to bring me joy. So the result is going to be joy under those circumstances. Now that means then that you have complete control over the joy you experience, not using the new age methods of changing your mind, but rather by actually bringing your desires into harmony with truth and love. That's how you create joys in your life. So if I'm in a state where I'm not feeling very joyous in my life, I need to start examining my desires and start looking at the desires that are not harmonious with love and the desires that are harmonious with love and all the reasons why I don't want to act upon my desires. Because if I act upon my desires, I will always create something. And if that thing I created brings me joy, then it was obvious that it must be harmonious with truth and love in that particular moment. And that's the thing that I need to understand with regard to desire. Desire is so important in every aspect of your life. Even in your relationship, your relationship with God is based upon it, as we've seen just in our previous part of our discussion. And if you look at it, your relationship with your partner is also totally dependent upon desire. We have a, a, a microphone up there, thanks.
1: Hi, AJ. I think where I get unstuck is what you said about um, the truth of my desire, but also my belief. <clears throat> I have a belief that I don't deserve money because my, when I was about eight, I asked my dad if I could have some pocket money. And he screamed at me and said, how dare you ask me for money? Yeah. Don't you get everything that you want? And, of course, as a little girl, I didn't have the gumption to turn around and say, well, no, that's why I'm asking you for pocket money. Uh, But it did set me up very strongly that I didn't deserve money and I wasn't allowed to ask for more money. Um, So once I found that out, then I realised that just having a desire to have more money wasn't going to do it. But I still haven't been able to get right into that causal. Even though I, I really don't want a lot of money, I don't know whether I've ever had a true desire to have heaps of money, but I would like to have a little bit more than what I've got so that you know I can go and have some fun occasionally.
0: You yeah, see, you're not telling the truth.
1: Yeah, well, see, this is, this is the thing. I, I, um, time before last, you talked about God's truth and our truth.
0: Yeah, well, you're not and, even telling your truth.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm stuck trying to tell any kind of truth. Yeah. Cause, cause that the, is the truth.
0: The truth is. <laughs> now you've told the truth. But the, tr- the truth is this about the money issue for you. What you currently have created is what you wanted. That's the truth. So if that's the case, what you've got now is a lack of funds, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so what I've got now is a lack of funds. Lack of money, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. If that's what I have created, then under this law, basically what I'm saying is what you truly desired, you create it. Yes. So what you truly desire is a lack of money.
1: So how do I get to the course or to... Get rid of that.
0: It's really easy. All you've got to do is ask yourself this question. Why would I do that?
1: (laughs) Okay. What,
0: What are the reasons that you can see straight away why you'd want to create a lack of money?
1: It's probably a comfort zone. It's what I know.
0: Okay, so you're basically saying fear is one way. You're yeah. actually afraid of having more. Okay, so that's one, but go on.
1: I don't really, I really don't know. If I do know, I don't, I don't know how to express it.
0: Yeah, you do know. Do I? Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows the reason why. Okay. We just often... I don't it. deserve it. Okay, there's another good one. A bit getting a bit light, that one, isn't it? I don't deserve it. Okay, any others you can feel?
1: Well, I feel like it's... it. I didn't receive the response that I thought I was going to get from my father.
0: Yeah, now you're getting more closer, right? So what was the response you got? I,
1: well, um, anger. Okay. So I didn't feel so like he...
0: So what's the relationship between wanting money and a uh, uh, father's approval?
1: Well, there was none. I mean, I... I, got, I was shocked with the response that I got from him.
0: So daddy doesn't love me <coughs> Yeah. if I want money.
1: Yeah. But then on the other hand, he's the one who yelled at me again when I left my husband and said, you've just thrown your security away.
0: <coughs> yeah, but that's a whole different issue than yeah. money, isn't it? Okay. So now you're raising a separate issue. Hmm. This is what we often do, by the way. We, we throw in a furphy to get us away from the real issue. <laughs> okay, well, we'll forget that furphy. So I call that one a furphy. Yeah, okay. And it might, it might be an issue you have emotionally, true, but it's not an issue related to this specific problem. The specific problem is you have a lack of money and you desire it. Yeah. And you've got to own that you desire it before you can ask yourself the question of why would I desire it? Yeah. Right. And then when I ask the question of why would I desire it, I start listing the reasons why I desire a lack of money. Okay. All right. These reasons need to emotionally leave me before money will come into my life. And anything else you do, you can work your guts out, have three jobs, do whatever you want, at the end of the day anything else you do this will cause a continual lack of money or your own exhaustion, one of the two. Because obviously you if you feel like you've got a lack of money, often people get driven into being a workaholic, so eventually they get money, but what happens in the rest of their life? Well that all falls to bits too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So so you don't want that happening either. You want to have abundance but also happiness. Yes. Okay, so so this one's a very big one for you. Mm. All right. So let's translate that into all right, God doesn't love you if you have money either. No. This is a big multi-generational injury on the planet, you know. What, what are, happy are the meek since they will inherit the earth. And you know what a lot of people interpret that to be? Happy are the poor since they will inherit the earth. Now, There's a whole big difference between the word meek and the word poor. And we don't often understand the difference and often it's mistranslated as a difference as well. And so we come up with these beliefs. You have also a lot more beliefs about money. Money is evil. Mm. Yeah. I'm evil if I want it. Yeah. Right. These are all mm. beliefs. They are all emotions mm. that need to be released before abundance will appear. Mm. So with myself, I had heaps of them. Heaps of them. Right. And then I did the whole intellectual thing for a while. You know. So what I did for a while was. Uh, you know, I was always fine with spending money. Right? <laughs> so, in other words, I'm generous when I have it. So, if I have it, I spend it, usually on other people generally. And so, I have no problem with spending it. A lot of, a lot of you do have problems with spending it, by the way. Hmm. A lot of you get it and then you want to hoard it. Right? Why? <laughs> like, you might have 100 grand sitting around. Why do you want to hoard it? That $100,000 could be creating things for you, really beautiful things in your life, lots of different things in your life if you spend it, right? And you want to hoard it? Why do you want to hoard it for? Because you're afraid of your own financial insecurity. That's the only reason why you want to hoard it. So look at that emotionally. There's emotions there. But then a lot of us also have a rejection of money. In other words, we're fine spending it, but we're not fine getting it. I lost my
1: key card the other day, so I reckon this one's up for grabs because I went to buy some bickies and stuff to bring here today, and I had no money. I couldn't get at my money.
0: Okay, so this is definitely something for you to look at emotionally. There is some deep childhood mum and dad emotions involved in a lack of money.
1: I know. Uh, I understand now that when I did ask Dad about the pocket money his response was from fear because he didn't have any spare money yeah. and he was in a great deal of fear yep. um, at the time around money.
0: And you, you don't get daddy's love if you ask for money. No. But there's also for many people an equation of if somebody gives me money it means they love me.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that too at the moment, yep. that I'm doing some things for the wrong reasons
0: where you're giving some of your money away, mm. trying to get people's love.
1: Yeah, I, I've done that a lot with my kids. I've so to my detriment, I've given them money. Yep. But now, on the other hand, in a relationship, I don't want... Um, I'm feeling like a relationship could be... Um, the emotion behind the motive behind a relationship could be security, and I don't want that to happen either.
0: No, that's not true either.
1: Okay, right. I want it. That's why I'm creating it. Exactly. But I wanted. I wanted, I want to get that emotion out of the it's equation. True that,
0: yeah, it's true that you want to change that. Yeah. That's very, very different than you saying I don't want it. Yeah. So, okay. so I understand a lot of times when people say when people say in these in these discussions that we have, when I say to you. No, that's not true. The true state is the emotion that's in you right at the moment. I understand you do have some desires to change it. Does that make sense? Yes. But let's, before you can change anything, you need to admit the state you're in. Yeah. And the state you're actually in is quite different. You do want to have a man in your life for security reasons. Yeah. Because you can't create your own security. Okay.
1: Financially, right? You're
0: just struggling to create your own financial security. What you need to do instead is address the reasons why you want to have this lack of money, have a lack of financial security. There's a lot of things in this. One of the things is if a man comes along and rescues you, isn't that going to feel wonderful? Yeah. It's not going to be wonderful. I know, I know, but it feels That's right.
1: I I don't want it to be a false thing. Yeah, you know?
0: so, so intellectually we have a desire at this point to change the emotion, so that's really great. But we must first, before we can change the actual emotion, recognise the truth of the emotion. And the truth of the emotion is I desire a lack of money. And the reason why I desire a lack of money is I want some right knight in his steed come around <laughs> with it, you know. And and he rescues me and picks me up on them, chucks me on the horse and off we go into the sunset and we live happily ever after and he's going to give me all the things that I can't create for myself.
1: That's it, isn't it? Not what I desire, what I can't create for myself.
0: Exactly. So, and what I'm saying to you is the reason why you haven't created it for yourself is because what you truly desire is a lack of money so that you can have this other thing fulfilled, which is the man come along and do it for you.
1: Okay. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Right?
0: So, so we need to be really honest with ourselves and examine the reason why. We also really need to be honest and examine the reason we truly desire, and that is what I've created, I did desire. Yeah. Right? So if I come to understand, all right, I've created this lack of financial... Security. Even myself, I've created it. Why would I create such a thing? I must have some very strong emotional addictions to this to create it, mustn't I? Yeah. If it's something I'm thinking in my mind, I don't want. I must have some very very strong emotional reason. And this is where we get down to people saying, oh you know, there's this the com- subconscious mind and the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. You know, is not the same as the conscious mind." And, Forget all that, all it's about is you're not recognising that you have a true desire in your soul to create a lack of money for very good, although not very beneficial, childhood emotional reasons.
1: Yeah. Okay, that, like I said, there was a belief system I knew that was stopping me from moving forward. Yep. Yeah.
0: yep. And so, so with any of these things, the first step, of course, is this. So if we had to make some steps about what's going on in my life, why am I getting some painful events in my life, the first step is look at what I created. Look at the creation. State the truth about it. State the truth of it. Third point, own it. Very important point. How can I ever change if I don't own the fact of what I've created? I can't ever change, so I need to own it. Once I've owned the creation, and I've stated the truth about the creation, I've owned the creation, so now I'm going to own, emotionally own. I do not want money. My life is a shambles and a mess, and it's illustrating to me how much I don't want money, actually. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's telling me everything I need to know. Own that. I don't want money. Always then ask why Mm. and be honest about the why. And you'll be surprised how many times you'll be really surprised of what is the result of the why. Because most of the time we've avoided that most of our life. Why would I create such a thing? And instead what I do is I go in my mind and go, no, 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 that's not what I want. I really do want to have money in my life. What's AJ saying? He's stupid, stupid man. <laughs> it, you know, we, 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 I really do want money. Why, why would I not want money for? You know, we go down that track. But in reality then we're not understanding the basic principle of the law of desire and that is what I desire I create.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yep. Thank you. Yep. Is there any questions if we come down there?
2: Five years ago, I was in New Orleans when Katrina blew in. Yep. And I was asking myself, hmm, what's my internal hurricane? And I discovered it a month later, that I had been embezzled. And as a result of that... um, I had to ask myself what had been my initial intention for being coming involved with this investment and I came up with well I thought it would give me freedom the emotion that finally surfaced for me about the embezzler was that I'd been deceived mm-hmm. so then I asked myself well hang on how have I deceived myself about how I get freedom mm-hmm. And it ain't through an investment.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, as a result of that I
0: I had to sell my house. Yeah.
2: Can you help me with this?
0: I think you've answered pretty much most of your questions, haven't you? That's
2: it unraveled then. Okay. Yeah, Yeah,
0: like let's look at here's the embezzler. His emotion is he wants to rip everyone off. Yeah. Right? In other words, he has an issue with money. Does he not? Yeah. If he wants to rip everyone else, he wants to have a quick buck, you know, thing. Mm. He is you. What's your hook? Your hook into him is? Easy money. Uh, yeah. Notice how it's very much the same as the embezzler's motive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Easy money. Yeah. This is often the case, by the way. Our motive is often very much the same as the embezzler's motive, which causes the law of attraction. Right? So here I am. I want easy money. So I, I listen to these words. And there must be some other things playing too. He's a male, okay. So how did you come to hear about all this? Was it through the net or was it personally? Through or friends. Through friends, okay. Who well, also we lost went money, down of the course. Yeah, of course. So, 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 what, what, what caused them to investigate it all? Like, what was their motives? You see, it was probably all much the same—some easy money and so forth. You know what <laughs> I mean? You can see how the law of attraction is just bringing all these people together for a for a big trigger about money and financial security and so forth. Okay, that obviously comes from inside of me an unhealed emotion that I can't create for myself. You needed somebody else to create for you. You had your own money, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Otherwise you wouldn't have had anything to invest, would you? So you had some of your own money and you could have created something for yourself with that money. Could you not? Yes. But you decided that you couldn't. Yeah. So what's the emotion there? I don't know what I'm doing, I'm stupid when it comes to Lack of faith in myself. Lack of faith in myself. You can see you can list quite a few and you need to list quite a few. And and what you do there is you go through that list and start working through those emotions one by one. Allow yourself to feel about all of those emotions as to why you didn't have any faith in yourself, why you didn't believe in yourself, why you felt you had to give someone else your money to create more. All of those things because basically it all came from your hook and that is that you believed inside of yourself that you weren't good enough to do it for yourself. Mm. And all that had someone come along, easy money, yep, give him some money, well, oh, he lost it all. And probably it's all somewhere in an yeah. offshore bank account somewhere, right? And, and every one of those people who were attracted to the easy money are now out of money because every one of those persons had a true desire what was their true desire?
2: More money.
0: See, that's their intellectual desire. That's what they acted on. But the result is that they actually lost all their money. So what was their true desire?
2: To lose all their money.
0: To lose all their money. That's their true desire. Why would a person want to lose all their money? there've got to be some pretty big emotional reasons to want to lose all your money. Can you see that? Yeah. There's got to be, doesn't there? You don't feel worthy, you? All right. So it m- might be one, I don't feel worthy of having any money. Two, yeah. it might be that I'm quite angry about money and so therefore every time somebody, you know, every time I think about money, I'm upset and angry and frustrated. That's going to reject money. Three, I might think money is evil and negative, you know, bad. That's an
2: old message from my mother.
0: Yeah, and so forth. I might have been manipulated by money in the past and now that I've got some, I feel manipulated by it, I feel controlled by it, so I want to get rid of it all again.
2: Could it be also from guilt from having pinched money as a child? Very much so. Yeah, well, I put my hand up for that one. Yeah.
0: And how many children have pinched money as a child?
2: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much
0: (laughs) all of us, right, have done that one. I did it once with my grandmother. I can remember I felt so guilty after as I had to go and own up and <laughs> give it all back. But, but what I did was I, put, I, I went to a person put all of the money in some plasticine that I had. Bad idea. <laughs> it took me ages to get it back out again. It's like, <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, see, it's like this is what we do is we feel guilty. There's all sorts of emotions at play, all sorts of emotions at play, right down to emotions regarding love, love of a parent, love of other people, you look at how many people in Australia are honoured if they have lots of money. Like, it's alright to have sort of some money in Australia, isn't it? But if you've got lots of money, it's a totally different thing, isn't it? There's, you know, there's a lot of negative connotations there in Australia generally. And by the way, in other countries it's even worse in many cases. So, so there's also even cultural and environmental factors that to, cause us to want to reject money. How do all your friends act when you have plenty of money? There might be jealousy projected at you and you might be rejecting that. There might be the issue of um, feeling like, you know, they want to bring you down, you know, that projection that people have at you and you feel terrible about that, so get rid of some money, that makes you feel better. And and, (laughs) do you know what I mean? There's lots of emotional reasons why you'd want to do that. And, And the key is... Again, to go back to, what I'm creating, I really desired. And it's a very powerful thing to understand, what I'm creating, I really desired. Because if I understand that, I can look at all my creations and be really honest with myself about how they got to be. But if I neglect that, if I neglect what I created and I just say, no, no, I didn't want to create that, I didn't want to create that, don't be silly, right? If I say that to myself, I'm now neglecting the fact that I've got all these desires in me that created it and do you know what the rest of my life's going to be like? It's going to create all those things I think I don't want but actually I'm not being honest about. And remember it's what you want at the soul level which is at the emotional level. Not what your intellect is telling you you want, but actually what you feel you want inside of yourself. Now, many of you have come up to me and said, oh, I want a loving relationship. And I ask, are you in a loving relationship? And you go, no. So you don't want one. Be honest about it. I don't. Come up to me instead and say, I don't want a loving relationship. How do I get a desire to have a loving relationship? (laughs) That's more honest. Rather than coming up and saying to me, oh, I want a loving relationship, but you're not in one. Many of you come up to me and say, I want my soulmate. Go away. Like, no, you don't. Like, if your soulmate's not there right in front of you, then did you want her or him? No, you don't. Why wouldn't you? Because I have some very deep emotional reasons why I don't. Right? One of them might be, what happens if he's not what I want? Like... That's a big emotional reason, is it? Right. Fear of what it is. What, hap- what happens if, if he comes along, right, and he changes my life? Like, Whoa. What happens, what happens if like, I actually give him my heart? No, no. It's better, it's better to have control of your heart, right? have got control of your heart. You've got control of your life. You can control everything then. You don't need to give anybody your heart, right? So this. Or, or it, might, it might be like, what happens if I'm open and vulnerable and he knows all of my secrets? Ooh, like, Like, you can, see how, you can see how there'd be lots of emotions at play with regard to why I'm, not, I'm rejecting my soulmate from my life. So, so we need to be very honest. And the way that we're honest is we go, all right, What I have right now is what I created. I created it because I truly desired it. The law of desire is always at work and I created it because I truly desired it. What distorted desire would cause this creation? What unloving desire in me would cause this creation? And then when I start digging deeply, I can be honest about a lot of my desires. Wow, I don't want to be open and vulnerable to to the opposite sex. Why would I want that? I don't want to be in a loving relationship where I feel like I'm being controlled. I don't want that. I don't want to have to give up my life for some fella. I'm sick of that. Let's be honest about the emotions that are really there because they are the emotions that I'll need to step through and release, you see. So, what I desire, I create. That is a very, very important principle, and I can't stress that enough to you. It it gives you a lot of control, ironically, over your life in a soul-based, joyful way, in the sense that you can look at your creation and say, wow, I created that, isn't this wonderful? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I created that, isn't this wonderful? I created this lack of abundance. I'm a pretty powerful creator, <laughs> right? I created this lack of abundance. And, ah, it's because of all these emotions that I have that I created this lack of abundance. You know, this emotion that if I had anything else, Daddy wouldn't love me anymore. If I, and so forth, you know, whatever is going on. Or I created this no soulmate in my life. Ah, I'm a powerful creator, hey, You've got to be pretty powerful to create no soulmate in your life. No, 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 let me illustrate that for you. Remember I said to you that there's two halves of the soul. And I said to you in the soulmate discussion that the most powerful force that you are ever going to experience besides love between you and God is going to be the attraction between the two halves. I said that to you, didn't I? That's going to be far more powerful than any attraction to any child, any other relationship you ever have, any business partnership. This attraction is the most powerful attraction that God created. Now, if you're not with your soulmate, you're a very powerful creator in the opposite direction. Does that make sense to you? you, you, You're struggling with all your might to keep you apart. Because if you weren't struggling with all your might to keep you apart, you'd already be together. Can you see that? Because the law of attraction between soulmate made halves, and I'm not joking, is the strongest possible force you can encounter. Right? So if that's the case, you can see that my desires must be very powerful to even keep the strongest possible law of attraction that God has created apart. That's how powerful your desires are. That's how powerful even your negative desires are, let alone your positive ones. Right. So that's a very interesting thing to think about. If we go over here.
3: I'm, I'm not sure I want to bring this up, but, I, but I, it's sort of with me. Can you create an illness in another person?
0: Um, you can create an illness in another person, but not without their approval <laughs> at the soul level. So let's look how it happens. So here's me, and I have a feeling towards another person that, you know, not very nice feelings towards this person. And by the way, all of you have heard of, um, like, witch doctoring in the, in the, like, Africa's, and also here in Australia, the voodoo you've heard in the Americas, and so forth. All of these are principles uh, that are true, that work on this same principle that I'm going to illustrate to you. What happens is my desire then attracts spirits to me who feel much the same as me and are willing to try to act out this particular desire upon that person. And if this person has some kind of emotional connection to one of those spirits who can cause an illness, the, spirit, the person will actually attract the spirit through that emotional connection, and now that spirit can cause a physical illness in their body.
3: Yeah, but, but even like that, I, that's kind of assuming that you don't like the other person. Right. But, but if you actually feel that that's, sh- I mean, it, that, that's who you're married to. Okay. Can, can that, and, and, you f- and you figure you think you're happy, mm-hmm. can, can that still operate?
0: Well, it has to, it can, it can still operate, yes. But, but it has to have the approval of both parties in terms of their emotional approval. Remember what I desire create. So let's say this is my partner. Male partner, I'm assuming, right? Yes. So here's my partner and my partner's getting a sickness of some kind. Right. Right. Now, if my partner is hooked into emotional approval from women... Right? Hooked into giving the woman everything she wants. She, she wants. And I have a demand upon the male that he gives me everything I want. Can you see that I'm going to assist him in the creation of his own illness? See, I'm demanding something from him which he has an illness about, he has an emotional connection with and then therefore he starts giving to his own detriment which causes an illness in his own body. So yes, I can assist the creation of an illness in my partner or in my child or anybody else for that matter just by my demands upon them. Now that doesn't mean they're not responsible because they are obviously responding to those demands Right, and if they loved themselves, they wouldn't be doing that. Do you follow me? But do
3: you have to be demanding of them for them for them to? uh, Because I. I,
0: Yes, there has to be some emotion. Remember, it's not a physical or voiced demand. Mm -hmm. Anything I place upon you is emotional, not physical. I can assist it with physical things. So I can say demand. I can speak my demands to you. But I can, be, I can be quite controlling of you in different ways. For example, I could, I could be in a relationship with you, right? And every time you do one particular thing that distresses me, I can just cry. And if you have some kind of emotional hook into a man crying, you will definitely stop doing what you do. But you'll also feel controlled when you stop. And I, it's really easy for me. All I need to do is contri- cry, you're controlled. Cry again, you're controlled. Cry again, you're controlled. Now let's reverse it. It might be anger. All I need to do is feel angry. Go out and kick a car. Every time you notice my anger, you feel very stressed out about what you did. I don't even have to aim it at you. And I can control you if you have the opposite hook inside of yourself. Now this is where people amaze me when they say I try to control people because if I was trying to control you, the majority of you would be really, really controlled. (laughs) Because I know most of your emotional hooks, right? So if I really wanted to control you, I could easily control you. But the thing is, as you get more love and you can feel more emotions from people, you feel less desire to control. Now, so what's happening in, mo- in many relationships is one of us has an emotion and the other one has a, what, what we would call a sympathetic emotion, which enables them to be controlled by the original emotion. But when that happens, inside the person, often an illness will generate if they feel that they shouldn't do that at some level. And again, if they look at it, what they desired, they created. They desired an illness. Why would you desire an illness? Can Can you do as much for another person while you have an illness? You can't, can you? You can I only do a lot for another person if you're well, can't you? So if you have an illness, what starts happening then? You start getting some of the control back, don't you? You start realise, oh, the other person starts noticing and saying, oh, you're sick, I'll do that.
3: But if I unconsciously th- wanted to be single, would that have any effect? And I, and I, don't, and I don't have any awareness of, having wanted to be on my own again, but, um, you know, I just...
0: Why do you ask the question, though? It's a strange question to ask for somebody who's never considered it.
3: Well, you know, I'm, I'm really wondering because...
0: Because your partner's dying?
3: He has died.
0: He has died, yeah. yeah.
3: And, and I can remember one time he commented to me about a, a symptom he had yeah. and, and my background's nursing, and, uh, and I... We, we were preparing for a dinner party at the time and I was distracted. And, but I never thought of it again and he never brought it up again. What did he say? What did I say?
0: What did he say? He said he said something to you.
3: Oh, He, he's, he said that he had a bit of blood in his urine. Mm-hmm. He had kidney cancer. And, and at that time, I, I, my response was, well, I guess if it happens again, you should see a doctor the the topic never came up again and i never thought of it at all until after he had died right. and thought there would could there be a connection there I'm not, and i had never thought of this before either until you're talking about it now well firstly and can
0: i say to you firstly the questions that you're asking have been driven by guilt so let's let's have a look at that emotion all right okay so we want, to, we want to see why you're asking the questions firstly. They're being driven by a feeling of guilt. You're afraid that you might have assisted yeah. the creation of his illness.
3: Yeah. Well, that that's, that's why I'm asking the question because I'll dwell on it if I don't ask you. Well,
0: I think yeah. you need to dwell on it as much, much more then <laughs> and feel your way through this guilt because there's obviously something under it. So what's the guilt? Is it a feeling that you didn't care enough for him? It's the feeling that's there that drives them.
3: Well, I guess I'm, I'm feeling that our, that our ma- marriage could have been better than it was and right. part of that was my fault, I guess, or so you feel how I reacted,
0: yeah. You need to allow yourself to go into these emotions because mm-hmm. that's what's prompting a lot of your questions. The answer to your question, the question, not yeah. your emotions, yeah. is... Yeah. That actually, yes, through through our emotional desires, we can certainly impact upon another person if they have a corresponding emotional injury that they'll respond to. And yes, that can certainly cause an illness and even their own death by -hmm. responding to our desire or our demand, let's call it. Because desires are never demanding, so let's call it the demand. So if I have an emotional demand like an emotional addiction, an emotional demand on the other person at some point, they can, if they have an emotion where they will actually feel that demand and respond to it, then that can certainly create an illness in their own body. So in a way, I have assisted in the creation of their illness. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they needed to be a party of <laughs> to it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I couldn't. So I, I can't take full responsibility for the fact that they created the illness no. because remember what they desired, they created. They created the illness for a reason. And a lot of times we create illness so that we can get off the hook of something, right? I know in my life, I used to get sick on the average every month for one week solid. And when I say sick, I mean sick. I was like bedridden sick, right? For a whole week every single month for the majority of my life from the age of about 18 to 33. The reason why I created that my creation, right? The reason why I created that was because I would be doing so much for everybody else the rest of the time that I had not a single amount of time to even take any space for breathing for myself, basically. And so I needed a, month, a week off every month. And I created it by getting sick. Now, the instant I realised that, I stopped doing all of these other things that were creating this busy, 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 busy life and all these other things. And ironically, from that moment, I never got sick again unless I had some other issue going. But for nearly seven years, I didn't get any sickness after that moment. All right? And the only time I did was when I was in denial of another emotion, all right? So for so I'd gone for from the eighteen year eighteen to thirty three. So how long is that? That's about what fifteen years. I went fifteen years getting sick every week just to get out of doing things every month. To just to get out of doing things for other people because that's what I was doing the rest of my life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I created it. And the instant I realised it and the instant I actually allowed myself to feel about the emotional reason for that, which was lots of things about hooking in desire for approval, desire for acceptance, desire to be doing the right thing and all these other hooks that I had into that, and I started dealing with those emotionally, the instant I did that, I never got sick for seven years. That's a big change, isn't it? Right? It blew me away. If somebody had told me before that time that all of my sickness was self created, I would have laughed at them. I've, I'd been sick from the moment I was born, basically, I, from what I can remember. Right? I can remember being in hospital two years of age, having a bowel operation, like, you know, to have part of my bowel removed because I was so sick all the time. And then, and then just a series of things going on all through my life where I was always sick, I always had a runny nose. The reason why I carry a hanky around now is still because there's this thing, see, I've got a hanky, Mary laughs at me sometimes because whenever she goes to cry, I just hand her the hanky, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but before what would happen was, like, I needed this hanky and I used to carry four around with me because one was never enough in a day. And my nose would be constantly streaming. I used to take these medication, I don't know if you've heard of them, The old medication called Zadine or whatever it is. Uh, those of you who've, had runny noses years ago would probably relate to it and they used to dry up everything (laughs) not just your nose right And, uh, and 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 so I'd either be popping one of these things or be out with a hanky that was my life for most of my life all of that stopped the whole lot of that stopped when I started allowing my grief to flow it was all just about me not wanting to feel grief the whole lot and the instant I started allowing my grief to flow, I didn't have to do that anymore either. So I haven't taken any medication from that 13 years ago that occurred and I've never taken any, emo- any medication since that point in time. Right? And I was as sick as a dog all the time. And I created it. <laughs> and I didn't, if I knew that, at, if I remembered this particular thing at that time, I would have gone, wow. Like a, but that's what it, uh, caused me to see, like a, that I saw What's going on with me? Why am I doing this? God, you know, I always had this belief inside of me that God created a perfect system here, this body, a perfect system. So if a perfect system isn't working properly, there's got to be a reason. All right? Why is it that your body can expel millions of germs a day and you breathe them in every moment? Like right at the moment you're breathing in millions of germs. You know that? Like right at the moment you're doing it. And your body says, all right, no, don't want that one, don't want that one, don't want that one. Gets rid of them, fine. So why do you catch one of them then? You know, what you call catch one of them. Well, because you wanted it. That's why there's emotion that's saying, I want this somewhere, and we need to look at it, because what we desire, we create. So yes, your husband created this as well, and yes, there is a possibility that because of a projection from you, he actually responded to that projection from you and that created some of his problem. But it's not the only problem because he must have wanted that emotion from his childhood. So it's an unhealed childhood emotion that would have caused all of these things. The issue for you emotionally, though, is that you feel a heap of guilt and you need to allow yourself to feel your way through the guilt.
3: Yeah, because I, I think it was quite strange that... that, that symptom that he reported neither of us ever mentioned again and, and not even when he was actually diagnosed which would have been about two or three years after that mm-hmm. when it had already metastasized and whatever but mm-hmm. it, it never it, the subject never raised its head again mm-hmm. so that to me that's what I was more wondering about was was, what, was I un- or somehow repressing that thought because ordinarily I would have been on his tail to, to, you know, to go off and see a doctor again. Yeah, it. but of course but you would have been of it. suppressing it. But I never words. thought of it,
0: yeah. Well, you, there's an emotional reason why you would have suppressed it. So you see, a lot of times the emotional reasons are not as bad as what we think, in the sense of negative as what we think. The emotional reason might have been just a simple one as you didn't want to come face to face that this was a life-threatening illness. It could be just as simple as that. Like a lot of times people who are living in a happy situation or relative happy, relatively happy situation don't want to be confronted with the fact that it might change. And so when a person says something that could have a lot of connotations to it, we ignore it because we don't want to change our current environment. It's like I, I, I bury my head in the sand and, and then everything will go away. But, but
3: it, I mean, it was never even thought of. That was the, that was the curious thing that it never yeah, never surfaced. Yeah, that's called burying a, your head in the sand. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. All right, well, I feel bad. I don't feel quite so guilty, actually.
0: Well, I didn't do it to make you feel less guilty. No. <laughs> you need to feel your way through your guilt because there is some guilt driving you and the questions that you're asking. Yeah. Good. Now, let's get back to the desire, though. What I truly desire, I create. Now, what we want to do is focus now for a moment on what inhibits desire, right? Because if, if what I desire I truly create and I want to create all these lovely things, there must be some things that also inhibit my having a desire that can create those things. You know what will happen in the future? When you, you know, we've often talked about the spheres, right? And progression spheres and so forth right up to the 22nd sphere, right? What I've called the 22nd sphere. So there's the first sphere, second sphere, third sphere, fourth sphere and so forth right up the 22nd sphere. Now... Remember what I desire I create in a negative or positive way. So, so what this applies whether I'm, my desires are harmonious with divine truth and love or whether they're disharmonious with divine truth and love. If they're disharmonious, that's going to create the pain. If my desires are harmonious, it's going to create the joy. Right? So I know through the feedback system that if I'm in a pace of pain, and this applies to all the spirit friends that are listening to us at the moment because there's quite a few who are very interested in this discussion, or if I'm creating pain and I still have some pain in my life, it's because of my desires that are disharmonious with love. And if I create and, and I'm feeling some blissful emotions, it's because of my desires that are, dis, that are harmonious with love. So if you think about it, what's happening here in your growth? What's happening is you are growing as a soul. So down here you could say you're a midget soul, right? right? Not any derogatory remarks to a person who's small, but rather just that you're tiny, right? You're a tiny soul. As you grow, you are learning a lot of things, and I remember I said uh, up here your soul is like a giant mer soul, right? It's like a giant. Now, one of the things one of the things that is growing in this space is you're receiving divine love, right? That's the way you do this, and so therefore, as you're growing, what happens is your soul is expanding with love, right? But that's not the only thing your soul is expanding in. Your soul is also expanding in its expression of free will. In other words, when you're in this state, you're able to express your free will in a much more instantaneous manner than when you're in this state. Now, not only that, your soul is growing in desire. Desire. So when you begin here, you've got, um, where's my desire? I don't know. I haven't got any desires, <laughs> right? You're in that space, right? And then when you get up to here, you know every passionate desire you have and you're fulfilling every one of them. And ironically, some of you are going to have passionate desires to create a planet, not, not on the earth, but in a, in a different dimension. <clears throat> and you'll create them just from a desire. Some of you will actually have a desire to create a living animal that's not ever been created before. And you will actually create it through your desire. We have no idea how powerful desire is on this earth. And the reason why we have no idea is because of another problem that we face here on the earth. And that problem is this problem of fear Now remember I've given a talk I think I said fear is your ah yeah, fear is your friend fear is your friend because what you fear you cannot desire So if you can list all your fears it's actually going to help you expose your desires Once you own and acknowledge your fears, you will start seeing what your true desires are. Fear is one of the most powerful influences on your desire and in particular upon you acting on your desire, even if you recognise them. But a lot of times we don't even feel we have a desire while the fear exists. Now, Mary's already told you in previous discussions that when we first met, She basically felt, well, for a little period of time there was a desire, wasn't there? And then when all of the feelings come in about the big picture stuff, remembering some things about our first century life and then feeling like maybe she is Mary Magdalene and all these kind of things come up for her emotionally, she just went straight into fear. And in that place, what happened to desire? There was None. None. Right? And I remember we went out to dinner one night when we were in our separated phase <laughs> and Mary told me how little desire she had for me. And I could feel that it was just all this fear speaking, just heaps and heaps of fear. So the truth is that you are not going to be able to recognise many of your own desires while you retain many of your does that make sense? And so fear is very, very important to you in this equation of desire. Because if you can release some of these fears and terrors you have, you will finish up exposing your desires. And then you will also need to release the fears about acting on your desires and then you will realise the power of creation. Creation. Because that's how creation is made, by actually creating from your desires. If we can go to yourself first, yeah, and then go back there. you Keep your hand up. AJ,
4: yeah. um, I was just going back to the um, um, creating uh, money in your life. Yep. And I was just wondering about my own fears of money being evil, and it took me back to um, I fear really being like my parents Um, they fought all the time about money and if I fear to be like my parents then I can't desire that means that's why I can't desire money. Mm
0: -hmm. So let's put up our hands how many of you don't want to be like your parents? (laughs) Ah. That's almost everyone actually how many I should ask how many of you do want to be like your parents? There's a couple. There's a couple. Why is everybody laughing? You see, you see, what's happening a lot is that, is that these are very big emotional injuries that we face. The big emotional injuries are related to our parents. So a lot of times, like if if my parent had a certain mannerism or a certain characteristic that I hate, in terms of and judge and therefore I won't want it in myself, and therefore if it does, is in there anyway, I'll squash it to pieces rather than recognise that it's present. The problem is most of the time it is present because I was influenced emotionally by them in my development. So a lot of times it is actually present in some way. And this is the problem we face, is that we're so judgmental of the people who brought us into the world that in the end we finish up judging every unhealed emotion that's related to them and we suppress that but that eventually controls the rest of our life. So,
4: so um, AJ, is that meaning that to to create desire in my life for this instant, mm-hmm. um, it is to process that emotion that is making me afraid? Exactly. And then therefore I can... Because yep. that's, that's very big because there's a lot of things involved with my parents. Of course. And yeah. So that means I'm not going to have money for a long, long time.
0: No, no 200 years, you're never going to have money. Trust me. What do you want me to say? <laughs> no, what it means is that you'll find that you'll release one emotion and then there'll be a bit of improvement. You'll release another emotion, there'll be some more improvement. You'll release another emotion, there'll be more improvement and so forth. That's how it happens, obviously. And, and it, the more you're willing to connect to and release, the more improvement there will be and the more rapid it will be. So it depends on your desire as to whether it takes you 200 years and by then you won't want money anyway because you'll be up there. Right? or whether it's going to take you 10 months or one month. It really just, just does depend upon your desire. So the key is to focus on that and allow yourself to see the result. This is where, see, many of us, many of us are feeling quite negative about our emotional processing work, right? But our emotional processing work is very exciting. Right? It's so exciting because what we're doing is we're releasing these things we're afraid of which now allow us to have a desire, and now our creation is going to be totally different. Right? And so it's very exciting. Every emotion you release, like, I feel like, oh, wow, they're going to really notice that. Well, We were, we were talking the other day about somebody, I can't remember who it was, and we we're saying, yeah, they're going to meet their soulmate next week or so. <laughs> and the next discussion that we had with them, they told us they knew who their soulmate was, or it was you know, like, because, oh, that was you, Nina, wasn't it? Yep. Okay, so, so what happened was like we could feel in Nina the emotions that were being released regarding this blockage towards her soulmate, right? And we could feel them slowly dropping off and a different one dropping off, a different one dropping off. And eventually myself and Mary, it was a few weeks before Nina came to talk to us, and we said, Oh, she will meet her soulmate pretty shortly. <laughs> right? And lo and behold, she comes I up. I haven't met him. You haven't met him, but you know you know exactly where it is. And you did meet him, didn't you? Years ago. Years ago. <laughs> and so you know who it is. But, but the issue is that we, we could feel that because of the emotions that have been dropped off, right? Now that's exciting, isn't it? You see, man, most of us, we're, we're looking at our emotions and we're going, oh, that's a terrible man. Oh, another one to deal with. Oh, I'm stupid, I'm a useless, I'm a worthless owner. There. <laughs> and in reality, what we can be saying to ourselves is, wow, this is so exciting, Journey, because I now have the power to control my creations. And I know how to do that. Before I didn't know how to do that. And now I know how to do that. That's amazing, isn't it? How many times in the past have you been totally frustrated that you get this and you, get, you try as hard as you can and what doesn't work out? How many times have you been frustrated with disappointment about something not working for you? Like, goodness me, it's like my whole life was littered with that. Right? But as soon as you start focusing on the fact that you know what to do and that is you know that you need to have a desire to create. So this desire causes all my creation and I know that my fear is the thing that prevents my desire. I know that if I focus on my fear, fears my friend, it can tell me exactly what's blocking me up. And you know, some of you, you've looked at your soulmate many times and you've never even seen them. You've never even recognised them. You don't even know that they are who they are yet. Right? And that's because of your fears. Your fears that need to be released. And one day you'll be walking along and you've released quite a lot of these fears about the opposite gender and about control and manipulation by the opposite gender and all these other things about childhood and sexual stuff and whatever. And you've been working your way through these things and, and you'll just look at this person and you go, hmm, that's my soulmate. Like, wow. Like, that's that's an amazing time to actually come to that place. And then there's there's also other things where you're walking along in your life and you realise, wow, I haven't thought about money now for months. I haven't even thought about it. Like, I don't even think about it when I go shopping anymore. Like, you know what it's like. I've been shopping with people like this. I'm riding my trolley around, right? (laughs) And I can feel they want that particular thing, that one there on the aisle there, but they're not putting it in the trolley. And I'm going, what's going on here with this person, right? And I can feel in them this thing of, oh, it's too much, I shouldn't do that, maybe AJ won't like it in his trolley. All these hundreds of different things going on, right, inside of them emotionally that causes them to do that. When myself and Mary went shopping initially... Which was I think for the first time we were in the UK, wasn't it? Like it was quite quite funny really, because Mary was I could feel a lot of these desires, Mary had to put this particular chocolate in, but no, no, I don't know if I can do that and all those kind of things happening. And it's because of our fears that these things happen, right? The more I release, I can go along and I just bing 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 bing. Right, next aisle, and <laughs> aisle right? And so forth. And that's what shopping is. Like how many of you have a joyful shopping, food shopping experience, like? Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, could I get that? Do I get that? I... No, that one's three cents more than that one. No, I don't know. Maybe. But I like this one, but that one's three cents more. No, I feel still good. Put that one back. Put this one in the trolley, right? And that's what we do because of we don't let ourselves have our desires, right? Because of fears that we have, right? Like if I said to you tomorrow, get all the money you have in your bank, Whatever that be, whether it's ten cents, fifty cents, dollar, whatever, or hundred dollars, or thousand dollars, worth, get all your money in the bank. Put it in your pocket, right, and then sit down and write a list of what you would like to do with it, and then go and do it. Right? Now, trust me, that's going to bring out lots of fears, <laughs> isn't it? Like, oh, but where's my next dollar come from? Is one of the first fears, isn't it? Like, that's what happens, and you see. What what the problem is, is that every time we are so focused on fear, we shut down our desires, right? Now, what I try to do instead of doing that is I allow myself to have my desire, and when I've got no money, I then have a big ball about why I have no money and why I created that. Do you know what I mean? Like I let myself feel the emotion that created that, And as long as my desires are harmonious with love and truth, we're going to be fine, that's what's going to happen. Everything will be fine as long as my desires are harmonious with love and truth. And if they aren't, I'll feel the pain of it and then I'll be able to identify the emotion and that will be good too, won't it? Because it's, this emotion is preventing me from being at one with God in the end. So I need to deal with this emotion anyway. Otherwise, I'm not going to ever be at one with God, which is what I really, really, really desire. Ah, but AJ said, what, what desire my create? So if I really desire being at one with God, then I'd already be at one with God. And that's true too. Right? So can you see I must have a whole list of reasons why I don't really desire to be at one with God that also I would need to allow myself to feel about and be honest about. Jen? Oh, sorry. Did I... Did I do? Any of your questions? Yes. I didn't.
1: I was just going to say that if you've lived all your life with these fears. How do you recognise them?
0: Ah, in other words, all these fears are now real to you. Of course. Well,
1: yeah, 45 years, and that's your life basically, isn't yep. it? So I don't even know what my fears are, let alone my desires. Sometimes.
0: Um, we, with fear, by the way, please don't tell yourself that you don't know what they are, because that's a lie. You know exactly what they are, but you don't want to know. You see. The trouble with our fears is we don't want to know what they are. That's why you're not being able to list them. Like when I started this process, if somebody said list your fears, I would have written down two or three things. Right? Many of you have asked you to write down your, your fears and I went up to one lady in one of the workshops up when we were up at Mulaney and she had four things written. And I'm feeling her fears and feeling like she could have written 30 pages and still not ended it right the reason why is because most of us don't even want to have an intellectual awareness of what our fears really are now with anything that happens like that the first thing we need to do is pray so first thing we need to do is pray please god give me the ability to see my fears Right because I want to start seeing my fears, not just ignoring them anymore and denying them anymore and making out they're not there anymore and all those things. What I want to do instead is see them for what they are. And as soon as you start having a true desire towards God to create a list of your fears, guess what you'll have? A list of your fears. Until that point you won't have a list of your fears. So someone else can come up and tell you, oh, I think you're afraid of this, I think you're afraid of that, I think you're afraid of this, I think you're afraid of that. And some of that might resonate, some of them might not. But at the end of the day, unless you really want to know what you're afraid of, you won't want to do anything about it anyway. Does that make sense to you? So my suggestion is, if you have no idea what you're afraid of, start asking God to tell you what you're afraid of. And develop a desire to know what you're afraid of. Because remember... What I desire, I create. If I don't know what I'm afraid of, that's because I don't want to know what I'm afraid of. The same principle applies. What I desire, I create. So if what, I've, if what I created is that I would have no idea what fears I have, I want to have no idea of what fears I have. And that's the thing I need to change if I want to grow does that make sense? Yep. So be, and, this is, and this is the beauty of honesty with yourself, is that often we tell ourselves all oh, these hidden messages like, oh, oh, that, that, that are un, totally untrue. We say, I do want to progress towards God, but no progress is happening. So I look at that and I say, no progress is happening. I need to be honest with myself. I've had periods of time in my own progression when no progress happened. None for months, like three or four months, nothing. What did I want? I desired no progress because that's what I created. Why would I desire no progress? Because I'm afraid of something. Do I desire to even know what I'm afraid of? No, because I don't want to know what I'm afraid of. It must be pretty big, right? So I'm probably terrified rather than afraid. So then I have to go into my terror, Alright, I need to go into my terror. What am I terrified of? I'm terrified that I might die, or I'm terrified that this might happen, or I'm terrified that I might be jailed. I'm terrified that I'll lose my girl. I'm terrified, whatever, what I'm, whatever I'm terrified about. Then I start getting honest with myself about my feelings, and now I can see my blocks to desire, and now I can start progressing again. You see, what we get is what we wanted. Here, not here. Here. So we need to be honest about that truth. And if we're honest enough about that truth, we can then take the next step, which is, why would I want it? What am I afraid of? What you know, what is my real emotion? Because it's my emotion that creates everything. Right? So even the emotion of like people come up to me and say, I got no idea how to progress. The answer to that Statement is, you don't want to have any idea how to progress. Right at that moment, you don't want to. Here, emotionally, don't want to have any idea how to progress. Now, why would you want to create that? There must be some very good emotional reasons. Right? And go for them, find them, let yourself experience them and release them. Yeah? So, my feeling is that if you allow yourself to pray to God about wanting or having a desire to know your fears, within a few, usually within a few days, you'll know quite a few of them, right? Because <laughs> God definitely answers pure desire prayers. Yeah. And you'll find them through your law of attraction. You know, you'll be driving along, got cut off on the road, pulled off to the side. Oh, yeah, I'm afraid of an accident. <laughs> you know, that's kind of thing that will happen through your law of attraction. You'll see what you're afraid of. I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of being injured. I'm afraid of... And away you can go, you know, like with your fears. And then with your emotional fears, you'll start noticing things happen, like maybe a little fissure in a relationship with a person or a fissure in a relationship with a friend, and you'll start to know, I'm afraid of losing this friend. I can see that now. I never saw that before. I can see that now. Pray to God about seeing it, and you'll soon see it happen. You see, what happens, a lot of people have suppressed their desire so much that they have no desire to feel their own truth. What I desire, I create. So, that being the case, I would actually be saying to myself, "Right, if, I, if what I desire, I create, and I don't have any feelings of any emotional injury in me, that's because I don't want to know. And, and look, lo and behold. And if I say, I've got no emotional injuries, and I'm not yet at one with God, and I don't, I'm not in a state of pure bliss and love all my life, and I'm saying to you, I've got no emotional injuries... Am I speaking a truth? No, but I am speaking my own truth in that I think I've got no emotional injuries and what I desired I created. Right? I created this belief inside of me that I've got nothing to work on. Why would I want to create that belief? Ah, can you see there's a lot of emotional reasons why I'd want to create that one. Right? You imagine, if I start seeing myself as I truly am, how is that going to feel? I'd rather not do that. What I'd rather do is make this big fictitious image of myself that I can look at and admire and say, yeah, he's a nice fella, so that I don't have to see myself as I truly am. We do this all the time because we don't want to see what's in. God wants us to see what's in if we want to become at one with God because God will eventually... Have you, you will be at one with God, so therefore you will see yourself as you truly are at that point. So, this is part of this growth is seeing yourself as you truly are. Warts and always, the saying goes. Like that. Alex? Yep. we go over here and then down here. Um, Something's just come up recently. What do you do if you have opposing desires in a relationship? Um, if a person's desire. So, you've got one person in the relationship, so we'll draw Alex. Sorry about that, mate. You're a bit better build than that, but there you go. There's the lady in your relationship, right? And you're saying that, let's say you have a desire to go out tonight to the party. So, that's your desire. Her desire is to stay home. It was actually the opposite a few weeks back. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Sorry.
5: Which was spirit influence, by the way.
0: That's okay, that's okay. So, so your desire was to stay home? Okay. Be a good boy in process. <laughs> okay, yeah, sometimes I get it mixed up. Sometimes, what happens is I can feel what it's about a lot of times, but a lot of times if I say exactly like people don't connect as much, you know, so. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. what I'm trying to do is help you see the other person's perspective all the time as well. So I, one person desired to stay home, the other person desired to party. Okay. Everything's fine at this point. This person who wants to stay home, perfectly able to stay home. The person yeah. who desires to party, perfectly happy to go party. So what's the problem there? And now say what the problem really is. I, I had no problem with that. Why would you ask the question? Um,
6: it, it's when it pertains to material things or where we're going to live.
0: Okay, but it's <laughs> well, the same can't question, isn't it? Let's yeah. say, all right, let's say, what, when does the problem begin? So At the moment, there's no problem, is there? Both people uh, have their own desire... And they're allowed to act upon their own desire, are they not? If they have free will and honour each other's free will and honour each other's desire, they're able to act upon their desire. Yes. So, if we have, a, we have no problem at this point, do we? But, what we also have when we usually have desire is these things called unhealed expectations. This person who desires to stay home wants the other person to stay home with them. And this person who wants to go and party wants the other person to go party with them. Is that not right? Now our desires are disharmonious with love. My desires don't involve you. Very few of you got that, so I'm going to say it again. (laughs) My desires don't involve you or any other person in this universe. If they are pure. It's when they're impure and they're tainted, now they probably will start to involve other people. So, for example... My desiring my soulmate in my life, my desiring lo- to love my soulmate are two different things. One of them places an expectation of my soulmate to be in my life. The other one just gives her the gift of love, whether she's in my life or not. Does that make sense? You see, when we, when we exercise desire disharmonious with love, or disharmonious with free will, then we are not actually exercising a pure desire anymore. And that's the principle we need to remember. The same principle applies to the law of free will too. So if I exercise my free will in a manner that harms your free will, then I am no longer exercising my free will in a loving manner anymore. In this case... Your desire to stay home, someone else's desire to party, each person is allowed to have their desire. But as soon as I project my expectation on the other person, I am now no longer owning my own desire fully. I am now in another addiction emotionally. I want someone else to experience my desire with me and that is not loving. So I desire to share the truth to the world. None of you have to respond to that. That's my desire. Now if my desire and your desires at some point in the future match, then both of us will finish up sharing, or three of us, or five of us, or ten of us, or a hundred of us, or a thousand of us will finish up sharing the truth with the world because our desires match each other. Our desires that match are a part of our law of attraction. So as our desires start matching, we start attracting lots of other people who seem to have similar desires. One of the desires that's brought you and I together is the desire for truth. I have the same desire. And so you have that desire. I have the desire so we're attracted to each other. That's how the law of attraction works. So at some point, you must have a pure desire for truth because what you desired, you created. Can you see how a lot of our desires are really beautiful, aren't they? And you, you see how rapidly you created some of your desires? Can you see how rapid it, Like many of you have started exercising this principle of desire in your day-to-day life, and many of you have started to experience how you have a desire and within a few moments, a lot of times, it's created. Right? That's how powerful your soul is. When you get to the 22nd sphere of your development, instantly you will create all of your desires that are harmonious with love. By the way, it's a terribly frustrating thing to have to come back down to earth and have that not happen. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of my emotions that I've had to heal, that exercise a desire and it doesn't happen for weeks or sometimes months or whatever, then that's something I've had to actually heal within myself because I'm so used to having desires that are harmonious with love and truth instantly met. But as you grow and as you get more and more divine love flowing through your soul again, you'll find that you will get to that place of instantly creating your desires. It'll get to the point even where you instantly want to go from here to, say, the USA, and you'll go. And you won't need a plane to do it. You won't need anything else to do it other than just you. And... uh, Boy, passports are going to be a bit difficult then, aren't they? Like, <laughs> where's the border control? <laughs> yeah. So, so you can see that this w- if people knew these truths, you can see the world would change quite rapidly too as a result of exercising desire. One of the most difficult things to teach a new spirit who passes into the spirit world is desire. Because desire is suppressed so much on this planet that almost everybody who passes has no idea how to exercise their desire. Many of you have seen the movie Ghost, right? You remember there was this nasty spirit going along, kicking a can or something, and it was flying around. And, and the other guy, Patrick Swayze, I think he's, he, he, was, he tried kicking a can and he couldn't. That's all part of this desire thing. You see, most, most spirits when they first pass don't even know how to kick a can in terms of having a pure desire to do it. Does that make sense? So how are they going to exercise a pure desire to change their soul if they can't even do that? And this is part of our problem here on the planet is we are so detuned from desire. Desire, in fact, is condemned. It's condemned by religion. It's condemned by the government. It's condemned by all of the systems that you see, the monetary system and everything. It all condemns desire. Does it not? It's very rare for us to talk about desire in a very open manner and actually exposing our desires, whether they are harmonious with love or even not. Very rare to discuss the issue. Because every desire is often thought to be bad. What's the whole Buddhist type New Age philosophy? Detune from your desire is the only way to be happy. And I'm saying totally the opposite of that, aren't I? Like, I'm saying if you don't recognise desire inside of it, you will never experience joy and bliss. Right? But the desire has to be harmonious with love and truth. So that's the principle we need to keep remembering. So we can go, Jen, and then... Oh, sorry, then down here too. So Jen first while you're there. Mike's there and then down here.
6: Um. I'm, I'm a bit muddled up between self-reliance and God-reliance. Mm-hmm. If I sit in my desire, do I then go out and build it to create it?
0: Of course. Or do I
6: sit in my desire and wait for God to bring it to me? Mm-hmm.
0: If you sit in your you desire and wait for God to bring it to you, then you don't have a desire. Does that make sense to you? Like, like, if I say, "All right, um, I want a cup of
2: tea."
0: Yeah, but hang on a minute. God's I, not bringing me one at the moment. I'm just...
6: I watch Graham.
0: Yeah.
6: Graham creates creates a desire. Mm-hmm. And I watch it happen. It walks in the door. Of course. It's given to him. Of course. Okay, so there goes my question. Yeah. Do you sit sit in your desire and then go out and work it and create it? Like if you want a bank balance, you go to work and earn it?
0: But you're missing the point of my illustration. Obviously. What's the point of my illustration? If you really had a desire you would not only have it drawn to you, but you would also feel like you want to create it and you would do something to create it. There's a, it's a mixture of both, Jen. Right? You can't just sit and have a desire and expect everyone around you to create it.
6: So, I'm t- like I said, I'm muddled between self-reliance and God-reliance. So, could you talk about how desire has to do with I just don't get it, obviously.
0: That's all right. <laughs> Mary, you wanted to say uh, You want to say it with a mic, darling? <laughs> Mary's going to join me now because she feels so passionate about this subject, <laughs> don't you? She doesn't have to, of course.
7: <laughs> I, was, I, was yes, on. I was just going to mention there's a lovely passage in Through the Mist mm-hmm. where, um, I don't know, if you, have you read Through the Mist, Jen? No. Um, There's a part um, where the spirit, Afra has just passed and he goes to a sleeping place and then a lot of souls who have passed who uh, have physical deformities come in and a whole um, group of people gather together to help heal these people. And what happens, they're led by this uh, very powerful spirit in a beautiful song that creates colour and all of their emotion and um in doing that the spirit leading asks for god's help in that and what what they're demonstrating is their heartfelt loving desire to heal the people and they are giving in that sense and because they have faith in god god assists in that very pure loving desire does that make sense can you see how that relates to your own life So you sit in the desire and the space of love, knowing... Yeah, you don't have to sit, though. You just hold that desire within you, you know, and so that might influence your actions and very often does. Like, if I had a desire for AJ and I just sat at home, (laughs) like, I wouldn't be really experiencing my desire, would I? I'd want to be near him, going to see him, talking to him... Whatever way I could, and if it was coming from a loving place, I'd be doing it. I wouldn't be damaging his free will in doing it, but I would be acting because the desire was very heartfelt and within me, I would naturally begin to act.
6: And so into the mix you would then start to pray to God to make
0: the actions that you were taking... This is something to understand, Jen. The desire is a prayer to God. Ah. The desire is the prayer. This is why desire is so important. You see, we think, oh, I have a desire, so I've got to pray about it. No, you're already praying about it. The moment you actually have a pure desire, or even an impure one, you're already praying about it. The impure one is not going to be answered, of course, in the sense that God's not going to assist you in it. But the pure one is definitely going to be answered every single time because God's a- going to assist you every so single time. So as soon time. as
6: you move into desire, God's, God's there in Spot on. with I- you. If,
7: if you have a relationship with God. And that's why at the corral, they were acting in their pure desire and it was their faith in God that helped God act. So that's why developing your relationship with God is so essential. So working through the emotions that block your relationship with God impacts on every area of your life.
0: But that being said, even if you don't want a relationship with God, every spirit in the sixth sphere has learnt this law of desire. So they've learnt the law of desire, but they've learnt it without God. So in other words, they have their desires, but because God isn't involved in any of their desires at the heart level, they're actually limited to the sixth sphere in their development. Does that make sense? But when you exercise your desire, that is when God feels it. God feels it straight away. And if it's harmonious with love and truth, God will act upon it straight away, no matter whether you're on the natural love path or on the divine love path. Yeah. Do you want to join me? You don't have to. Well, you come over here and join me if you want. Would you... The, 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 the thing that I just said is something to really understand, and that is, every time you desire that's ha- have a ha- desire that's harmonious with love and truth, you are already in prayer. You are already in prayer. That's why it's so powerful, because you're already in prayer and you're already being assisted. So if we come down here now with the mic, and then we'll go over there.
5: Um. Well, thank you for your patience, um,
0: and yours for having your hand up for some time. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: well, I just went and did a bit of processing in the rooms downstairs, and think that maybe I had a breakthrough, but kind of want to confirm that because it feels a little strange. Um, it's about the the woman I was here with a few weeks ago, um, and she and I split up, and. You know, we are still communicating through email and phone calls, and I've been getting a lot of really needy emails from her, which I love, of course, because it makes me feel good if she needs me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and So I've kind of been trying to deal with that and realizing, you know, why, why do I still want this? Why am I still attracting these into my life? And, and really had to deal with a lot of that. Um, but coming to the conclusion that I don't want you, and, that, and I had to repeat that a few times I don't want you and it's not that I don't love you but not you know talking about her but I just I don't want you mm-hmm. and it's and that feels so wrong to say that mm-hmm. but at the same time it was so liberating mm-hmm. and I realized like in so many relationships in the past you know it's like I felt this need to make the woman feel wanted you know regardless of how I felt about it yes. and um so is, is that okay
3: <laughs>
0: What you're asking me is, is it okay to not have a desire? Isn't it? Isn't that what you're asking? So here you are, here the person, other person is, and you're saying, is it okay for me to not want to have a desire for her? And the answer is, yes, of course that's okay. But it's not okay to not love her. Does that make sense? In the sense that if we're talking about harmonious with truth and love, it wouldn't be okay to not love her. But it is okay to not want her in your life. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not want her at all. It's okay for you to not be in a relationship with her. And it's okay for you to decide that you don't want that particular person in your life. Why is that not okay? Of course, we need to look at some emotions behind it, of course, (laughs) as to what's driving it, right? Right. And there could be some emotions of feeling like controlled by her, feeling manipulated by her, and so forth, which we would need to allow ourselves to feel. But we are, we are allowed to not want to do something. Yeah, totally. And while it might sound terrible to the rest of the audience, you are perfectly able to not want somebody. Because, like, I don't want you guys. I'm sorry, but I don't. <laughs> This, this person here, that's a different matter, right? She's my girl and, you know, it's, I do want to have her in my life. That doesn't mean I feel like she has to be in my life. And Mary knows very well that she can leave my life at any time she desires. But I do desire her in my life. I desire to express my love to her, which means that for her to feel it, she'd need to be in my life, wouldn't it? But I don't want you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So you're allowed to not want me too. And that's fine, isn't it? What's yeah. wrong with that? Well, uh,
5: Another question. Would you recommend that in, I mean, the next time I talk with her, I mean, if this is what, like, the truth that I feel, like, is this something that I should communicate to her? Of course. But that will hurt. <laughs> uh, uh, why? Um, I mean, it will hurt her. Why? Then, because she wants to be wanted.
0: Ah, yes, she has an unloving expectation of you. Mm. And she's only hurt by her own unloving expectation. So you see, see what she's placing on you is she's saying, want me, want, want me, want me, say, <laughs> want me, right, right, want me. Really, like, you know, it's that love me thing. Love me, love me, say, don't you love me? You know, like, a lot of people will have that going on. But that is a projection of an expectation onto another person which is actually unloving. So, of course, when you say to her, I don't want you, that she is going to feel hurt, but she's only going to feel hurt because her desire is disharmonious with love. Is your desire disharmonious with love? No. You're allowed to not want somebody. So that's not disharmonious with love. But her desire to want to be wanted by you is certainly disharmonious with love. That's the irony, you see. The irony is that oftentimes we think quite the opposite. We're saying, we're saying to ourselves, like, Oh, if I say that to her, I'll hurt her. No, no, no. No, at the moment, she's hurting you <laughs> by projecting at you an unloving projection, which is not harmonious with love or truth and up until now you've gone along with it to your own pain does that make sense to your own detriment as soon as you acknowledge the truth i don't want this lady i don't want her as soon as you acknowledge the truth to yourself now you can disconnect from that pain because now you're in a state of truth realizing i don't want her wow this is so liberating i don't have to want somebody you know and when you tell her, it's going to liberate her too. Perhaps. She has the choice, of course. She can choose to go down the track of blaming you and getting angry with you and getting upset with you and doing all the other things, which is all denial of her own action. Or she can go down and say, yeah, wow, I'm in pain because I have an unloving projection at this man. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what you're doing, what you're doing by saying, firstly, to yourself, I don't want her, that is perfectly harmonious with love both of yourself and her. Because up until now, what's happened? You've actually not said it, but you've lived in this sort of semi-relationship thing going on, right? having to give all these things you don't want to give. Is that truth? Is that loving? It's not. So now that you've recognised that I don't want her, the best thing to say to her is I don't want you. The truth is I don't want you. It feels so good for me to say I don't want you. Now, I love you, I care about you, and I care about everything, but I don't want you. I don't want you in, this relation, in a relationship. Maybe down the track as a friend, maybe, right? But I don't want this relationship, for whatever the reason is. And stating the truth of that is not an unloving act. It's not a loving... Sorry, it's not an... Yes, there's two negatives there. That is a loving act, I should say, right? Okay, so it is a loving act to say that. What hasn't been a loving act is for her to have the expectation that you want her. That's a very unloving act. And it's placed all sorts of demands on you. You have felt controlled and manipulated by those demands. And hence, you've felt quite a lot of personal pain. Is that not true? Yeah. Can you see, oftentimes often we get ourselves so mixed up on what society accepts and what everyone else around us will accept and all that stuff and... Before we know it, what's going on? What's going on most of the time is we're so far away from love that we don't even know what love is anymore. Love does not sacrifice yourself for the other person. Never, ever sacrifices yourself for the other person. It's such a hard thing to learn. We've been brought up from day dot, right? Ever since we entered this planet, we've been brought up, you're there to love somebody else. You've got a job before you began. Right? Most of us have had this job before we began and that is we have to do things a certain way so that other people can be loved. Many of us have grown up in, rela- in families where the parents have this emotional investment in us loving them. You try it. You just say to them, I don't love you anymore and see how they react. <laughs> or I don't love how you treat me, or see how they react to that. A lot of times you'll see what the emotional investment is.
3: Uh, Sorry, this question sort of has been hanging because other people went before me, Mm -hmm. but I'm still caught up with the couple here. Yep. And I wonder if, in fact, if they keep on following their own desires and one goes out and one stays home (laughs) and yet we're not meant to compromise either, how are they going to not finish up in a divorce? And Australian statistics just recently, uh, Queensland leads and there were 10,000 divorces in Queensland last year and I don't want these two divorcing.
0: <laughs> ah. Well, it's pretty hard considering <laughs> they're, they're not, not even married. married. But, uh, <laughs> and that makes, means nothing from God's perspective for a start. Love is the binding factor anyway. So, so straight away, as soon as you're in love with somebody, there is a relationship established and from God's perspective, there is a soul transaction going on. That's what's happening. But let's look at this issue. Don, you want to say too?
7: I was just wondering about the emotion that the yeah, yeah. Question.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that too, right? <laughs> well, you're worried about people divorcing, right? And you're worried about how much compromise has to happen to keep them together really what you believe is that you should compromise to stay together. And if I'm saying to you is if you've got a compromise to stay together, why are you together? You're only together because you're holding on to this principle of a marriage. Does that make sense? Why stay in a marriage if both of you are not having your desires met like What's the point in staying a marriage? What you want is this person needs to have their desire, this person needs to have those desires, and if the desires match, they'll spend time together. If the desires match, they'll go their separate ways. If they don't match, they'll go their separate ways.
7: Think about the difference in the quality of the bond. If AJ and I are living together, and every day I squash a desire just to make him happy, and every other day he squashes a desire just to make me happy, so and we do that for 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years, at the end of it, we'll all we'll be sitting there in front of the telly resenting each other because we're, you know, we're not expressing who we truly are. Mm. Now compare that to the bond that we would have, which is what is capable in a soulmate relationship because your personalities are so similar, uh, or the same, aren't we? The mm, same basically. soul. yeah. Um, as we work through our emotional injuries, our desires become closer and closer together. So there's a huge... Synergy between us, and it's focused on love and desire. We're not going to be sitting in front of the telly at seventy years old. We're going to be off, you know, climbing a mountain and creating a universe or something. What would you prefer? I'm not
0: going to be. I'm going to be on the bed (laughs) making love. (laughs) That's after love. Oh, okay. That's 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 after we do the other things, isn't it?
7: And in the meantime, and in the meantime, when I have a desire that's driven or one of us has a desire that's not matching the other. If we each follow our own desires and, but we're humble and on the divine love path, our error is going to be exposed. So it, but if we squash it, how are we going to find our error? How are we going to confront that emotion?
0: Yeah. Don't stay in a relationship just because it's a relationship and just because you've got a piece of paper saying you're married and just because you've been married for 25 years or 1 year or 1 month stay in a relationship because you both desire each other and you desire to grow together and you desire all these different things and and the truth is for the soul halves as Marys pointed out it's very important to understand that the soul halves mean that once you meet your soulmate and by the way one of the ways you'll meet your soulmate is by following your own desire right that's one of the only ways you can meet your soulmate, actually. If I never followed my own desire, I would never have met Mary, ever. It was through a whole series of events of following my desire that brought me closer and closer and closer to Mary. Right? I would never have met her if I hadn't followed my desire. Now, the beauty of following one half of the soul, following its desire, so its desire... And if this desire is harmonious with truth and love, as long as it follows it in harmony with truth and love, the other half of the soul will be drawn to it. And and if the other half of the soul follows its desire, these two in the end will merge because of their combined desire, which is in the same direction. So it's very important to understand that even with regard to the soulmate relationship, the way... It gets merged together is through your desire. That's how it happens. It's such a powerful thing to understand that that's how it happens. Uh, time is six o'clock, isn't it? All right. So we're going to have to finish. Sorry. Um, so um, I'm trying to stop. Well, I probably should be stopping at five thirty, like I said. But anyway. <laughs> Can we just mention our? Oh other yes. Um, gift? See the painting that's there. The bird. Uh, that was uh, Gemma. Uh,
7: Gemma's not here. She's not
0: here, sorry. But she's she quite pregnant them. at the moment. So, um, but she made that painting for us. Isn't it beautiful? I love birds, by the way. I've uh, always had a passion for birds. and uh, Yeah, so we're really happy to see it. We're going to leave that here a, few bit, a bit as well so everyone can enjoy that along with us. We, we, we have a very dingy house. We need a new
7: house so we can hang the paintings we've received. <laughs> the,
0: you, know the, you know that wall board, that wood grain wall board from 25 years ago? Well, that's around our house, right? And so, like, the thought of putting a beautiful painting on that wallboard board just, just makes us feel like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> so, uh, so, we
7: can all enjoy them. So, we
0: all enjoy them here for a while. Um, You painted it. Okay, yeah. The trouble is, I don't want to do any work. (laughs) My desire, right? (laughs) And myself and Mary are very focused, obviously, on the major thing, which is our soul progression. And so, everything else in our life, including, as you'll notice when you come and visit us at some point, our house, gets neglected (laughs) because of our desire to do this one thing. (laughs) And the ceiling. And now we'll be away for a fair few weeks. The next uh, talk we'll be giving will be, I think, have we booked from five till nine on the twenty-first? Yep, the twenty-first of March in uh, Brisbane it's at uh, the Brackenridge. It's a Sunday afternoon, starting at five and ending at nine. Um, so it's in the later later in the evening on the Sunday, and then our next time here is twenty-seventh, twenty-eighth, I think it is. Uh, March the 27th and 28th. In between that time, Mary and myself are going to New Zealand and uh, we've got a meeting in the North Island that we're doing and a meeting in South Island. And, uh, and I've never been to New Zealand myself, so as I'm going to find it quite fascinating, I think. Mary's been when she was young. So we're really looking forward to also travelling around a little bit. Myself and Mary at the moment are really working through quite a lot of emotions and we're really quite uh, happy with how... Things are working emotionally now. And uh, as a result of that, we're really looking forward to having time together as well to work through more. So um, we're starting to... And this is why I've been a little bit more buoyant uh, this weekend (laughs) (laughs) Uh, rather than saying differently. So... Thanks. It's been a while coming, hasn't it? But but we would also want to make sure... I just want to thank... All of those who have been doing this work out the front, again, out the, in the eating area and the people who have been setting up and dismantling for us uh, in the evenings here and in the mornings and coming along early in the mornings. I would also like to thank those who are using their initiative and desires to get distributed the divine truth stuff for free. And uh, really like to thank all of those people for involved and in all of those um, things.
7: Anna, who provides the beautiful flower arrangements. Yeah, Anna, Camp. who does
0: our flower arrangements. Well, a lot of things happen that are just beautiful that many of us don't really notice at times, right? And, uh, and we just really do appreciate all of your hard work that you do on the behalf of truth. But thank you so much for your time this evening and yesterday. too.